All right. Good morning or good afternoon, uh, whatever time of the day it is for you. I'm Rick Woodham and from I'm from Taggett and welcome to another edition of Taggett's Game Changer series. For those of you, this is your first time to join. Sure glad to have you with us. And for those of you that you've listened previously, I, I really appreciate the support uh, that you give to us. So if you are a new listener, look, our primary objective of this series is to really uh, provide global views on what's happening in the world of digital, uh, especially in financial services. And our, our guest today, uh, you're going to discover, uh, will have quite a, quite a bit to share relative to, to his knowledge about the market. And my hope is that, that from this dialogue, that you hear something that sort of sparks an idea or you know, something that helps you along your particular digital journey. Because frankly, uh, this is a very fast-paced environment with which we live in today. Uh, and, and hopefully there's some value that comes out of, of the conversation. And of course, YD will have a lot to share with you. So in today's podcast, I'm joined by Mr. V. YD Nathan, known as YD, and I can call him that. I can do that pretty well. He is the CIO at Unity Small Finance Bank uh, in India. He's an experienced, dynamic, and seasoned professional with over 20 years of rich and diverse cross-industry experience in executive leadership roles in leading multinational companies, uh, especially around banking, consulting, and an in-depth knowledge and understanding of the global banking and financial uh, services industry. So he has a lot of specialty knowledge uh, as a trusted advisor, strategic thinker. He knows the Asia-Pacific region well, the India uh, market quite well, Southeast Asia quite well, and he really quite enjoys taking up new challenges, and he's very passionate about uh, new ideas and commitments to to excellent, uh, excellent. So, Wadi, it's really great to meet you and great to have you uh, with us today. Yeah, good morning, and uh, thanks for that uh, wonderful introduction. Really humbled by that. Very happy <laughs> here and uh, share whatever little knowledge I have gained through the years of experience and uh, my hand at new things and new ideas. If that can be of use to everybody, very happy to uh, talk about it and share my ideas around it. So, you know, Wadi, it's really interesting because you never know what what you may uh, say or what idea you may have or some experience on a topic that will trigger something for someone listening, right? So uh, it's really a, a great opportunity. I, I quite enjoy doing these. So if you're okay, uh, I'll start with the 42 questions I have for you and we can go from there. Yeah, yeah, sure. Please go ahead. You know, before that, you know, ideas are like rabbits. You catch a couple, they multiply very fast and you don't, they vanish in no time. So the trick lies in catching that idea and seeing it through. <laughs> That's exactly correct. That's exactly correct. Everything's about execution, right? Creativity uh, is one thing, but being able to execute entirely something else. Yeah. So so listen, maybe we can start, uh, YD, by having you talk a little bit about what you guys are doing from a digital initiatives perspective at the bank, things that you're comfortable sharing. Uh, certainly not asking you to divulge trade secrets, but what are some of the key initiatives that you guys are pursuing relative to digital at the bank today? Uh, just to uh, take you back and where we are, uh, we, we are the, the last to get a license from uh, the regulator, Reserve Bank of India, the Central Bank of India. And uh, we got our license in June uh, 2021. We commenced uh, operations with our first branch in uh, November 1st, 2021. Then subsequently in Jan, uh, we acquired an existing sick bank, which was in a suspended state for two and a half years. Oh, wow. It was suspended for various reasons and it was done by the regulator. And uh, when it came for a discussion around RB, we were one of the bidders for that. We successfully bid and won that as part of the inorganic growth, which the manager wanted to see. Then subsequently, uh, 15, 20 days down the line, we merged a couple of entities from the parent organization. 
and uh, I took charge sometime in March of two zero two two. Okay. And uh, you know, since being the last, and we come with a tag called the Small Finance Bank, we are like any other commercial bank. The only difference, as per the definition of the Reserve Bank, is you know the majority of our lending has to be the MSME sector, not to the big corporates. So that's right. what qualifies us uh, by the Small Finance Bank tag attached to it. So the universal bank, they can lend it to anybody. There is no cap on that. There is some little cap on that. That's that's a difference between us and that. And there are around 10 plus uh, small finance bank already in the industry and many uh, commercial banks, nationalized banks. So being the last in the race, you know, we realize the value that, you know, the only way we can keep pace or even catch up with those guys somewhat is only through technology. Hmm. Technology is a game changer, is a big differentiator. And my classic example on technology is anybody who is going to buy an iPhone after September 12th will have the option of buying uh, iPhone 15. But yep. if you buy it on September 10th, you will have only uh, iPhone 14, but then you can't change your iPhone. It will be very expensive. So yep. that gives me a little bit of edge on uh, you know, buying the latest. And uh, in technology terms also, we there was an old adage which used to say generally that you know uh, technology is every six months, uh, you know, it changes and uh, price is half the price. But that has gone through the roof now. I mean, yep. we can literally say it, it changes every month or uh, every week, and uh, price only God can predict. I mean, yep. it, I mean, it, it it could be a sale on a visa, and suddenly prices might crash, and you <laughs> feel very uh, uh, foolish. And then, oh my God, ha- had I waited for one more week? So, yep. so technology is the reason. And when we inaugurated, uh, we said, you know, we don't want the. We will have brick and mortar banks. When we acquired the bank, the bank had 147 branches. Uh, it was an erstwhile uh, PMC bank, Punjab and Maharashtra Cooperative Bank. And uh, the reason for that, like I said, was inorganic growth. We wanted to uh, have the advantage of you know getting 147 branch licenses the day we acquired. So that was the right. reason to acquire that. So that happened successfully. We were happy. And uh, we have so far been very successful in paying back the investors whose money was stuck for two and a half years. And we're happy to say that many of them have started uh, banking with us again. And uh, we have a new color, new touch, new feel, new branch, uh, new ambience into the branches. So um, mm. all efforts in the right direction to attract and retain customers. But you know we can't just uh, compete and keep pace with by doing the brick and mortar route. So a brick and mortar is essential uh, for the customer to see that the, yes, the bank exists physically, not in thin thin wear, or it's not just software, hardware, or vaporware. So. Right. Uh, so look and feel gives a big comfort to the uh, customer and says, yeah, the bank does exist. So, but my, our bank's acquisition strategy, management strategy is to be completely digital, you know, acquisition and servicing of the customer through digital channels. So uh, we have followed that route and we will not grow to the likes of the thousands of branches uh, like that, but we will try to acquire those kind of customers, which the banks with thousands of branches, but through digital means. Uh, right. the, app, WhatsApp, internet banking, and if there is something more coming in the market, which might come through an idea of somebody, happy to embrace that. Open for yeah. new ideas. So, so you, you've hit upon the fact that, that you're in quite a competitive market, actually. I mean, India is a very competitive market uh, when it comes to banking. And, and frankly, you know, uh, India has really set the pace, especially from a payments perspective, right? Uh, it's just been great to watch what's happened over the last many years in India uh, with that. So, 
obviously, you believe digital is a, a key differentiator for you as you're trying to compete in that market. And, and I've got kind of a question specifically around that. So you talked a bit about um, digitally onboarding net new customers to the bank and, and being able to service them. So, you know, uh, any of the UX guys and any of the, the guys who specialize in, in the user experience itself will tell you that a customer's first touch with the bank means everything, right? And especially when it comes to that digital onboarding sort of capability. But what I find is that sometimes a bank will spend a lot of energy uh, on that onboarding sort of user experience, but then their servicing app might be a bit of a, a letdown, if I can use that terminology. So mm -hmm. I, I think I'm what I'm trying to ask you here is you've talked a little bit about how you believe digital is really what will enable you to compete in India. And so how do you see that as it as it spans just not just usability, but functionality, breadth of capability, that kind of thing? See, digital, if I were to look at, while you were talking, I, I thought about this analogy, you know, this came to me that, you know, digital is one of the four wheels of a car. So it is not just, I have that one wheel perfectly aligned and perfectly with the right amount of air pressure. The rest three mm -hmm. wheels I neglect. The car is not going to run far. I mean, I'm yeah. sure a lot of trouble, there's going to be a lot of jolt, a lot more turmoil and all that. So I have to get all the four wheels in the perfect condition, the wheel alignment, wheel balancing, and digital is one of them. Servicing, like you said, the customer facing uh, things and all these entities which make the bank successful have to be uh, addressed. I mean, you just can't take one piece and say, just keep saying digital, digital, and you forget mm -hmm. about servicing the customer. Then uh, a customer walks into physically a branch and, and the uh, you know branch manager, the customer service guy, oh, sorry, it's one o'clock, it's lunchtime, please, I'll see you after half an hour. You can't do that. I mean, so you have to have a complete restructuring of, I mean, relook into that in terms of, you know, digital is one of the channels through which I will service him. There are the yeah. other aspects of that which needs to be really up to the mark all the time. And, and since you're talking of 24 by 7 by 365, which is actually possible only through digital means, then, you know, the service capability have to be up to that mark. I and mean, you should be able to service anytime, anywhere, anyhow. Yeah. So that, that's very critical. So you can't just let your guard down and say, okay, I've done digital. Oh, sorry, you have to uh, use your app. I can't help you. Even if yeah. a customer walks in who doesn't know how to handle a very elderly customer walks in and he says, no, I don't know how to use this app. I want to open a customer. Somebody has to help him and say, okay, I'll help you. I said, and then say, how do you create a password? How do you create an ID? How do you load your, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be an ongoing process. So that handholding yeah. has to be there. I mean, you just can't say digital and just forget about it and move on. So, you know, for, for so many years, we talked about how a bank should have a holistic view of a customer and their relationship with you as a bank, right? And what you're seeing is that, because you're spot on with your, your statement, I, I find your uh, analogy of the four-wheel car kind of interesting, but you're spot on in that it's not just a holistic view of the, of the customer's relationship with you, but a holistic view of how you want to service that customer end to end. Because frankly, your needs as a customer are probably going to be a little bit different, say, than my needs are, right? Maybe maybe I'm more heavily uh, weighted toward a digital experience than you might be as a consumer, and, and especially if you take aging population. And uh, I'll tell you a very quick story, and I'm, I'm really hoping my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. So, so my wife has a PhD. She's smart as a whip, right? But she absolutely hates technology. Uh, I, I mean, just, just really is just not a big fan, right? It's a, for her, it's a necessary evil. And I find that as smart as she is and as well-educated as she is, the, some of the fundamental questions she asked me at times about technology just blow my mind. And so I think your, your perspective around a holistic view of servicing your customers 
no matter where they are on that spectrum is 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 very accurate. Yeah, see, uh, long time back, even 97, when I was a consultant with one of the big fives, a uh, very interesting article came in that, and I really, uh, you know, believe in that. And, you know, I am not very comfortable, you know, dealing with a voice machine which says press one, press two, press three, press four. And then I said, oh my God, please leave it. Let me yeah. talk to a customer who can just, customer service guy, he can say hi to me, hello to me, smile at me, and then solve my problem in just one minute. That's it. Whereas this, rigmarole of going through this numbers, numbers, numbers and pressing the keys goes on. For, and then you have this jazz music or a fun music or a language music going on for then you know, three minutes have passed without actually a problem being solved. And in the fast paced world today, you don't have that much of time. So it has been a very good blend of technology and personalized the service and very, very individually customized the service. So uh, uh, if you say a 60 years old customer or a 70 year old customer, all 60 will not ask for the same thing. Yeah. So there are different people. All 70 will not be the same. All the Gen X or the Gen Z will not be the same. So now with the, the data that you get and the analysis, then you have to product differentiation based on individual needs. For example, I'm sitting in three hours of lockdown session with my team on building a mobile banking app. I said, nobody opens the phone and nobody phone rings. Whosoever opens the phone, he has to pay for the bill. So, yeah. I mean, so then, you know, you're focusing on it and say, Individual or customer specific, nice. Give the customer the option of customizing to his taste. I may like blue color and a gray color, but the customer will like an orange and a bright color. I mean, so you give him an option. So it has to be a customer centric, customer specific uh, approach. So, so be careful about that 60s age because I fall into that category. <laughs> I'm also touching 60 now. <laughs> Very close to so, Yeah. So, so listen, you know. Part of what's happening in India is RBI obviously is taking a very active role in the growth of digitization in India, right? Whether it's uh, standards or compliance or whatever, right? So so how are you guys uh, positioning yourself to be sure that you're sort of ready for the kinds of things that regulators are wanting to get involved with these days? Because, uh, you know, the expansion of digital has really caused the regulators to revisit a lot of of how they look at uh, how banks service customers. So, so how are you guys preparing yourself for what may come down the road? Is there a magic bullet here somewhere? So if you were to look at the definition of banking in the old age when barter system was there, it is accepting deposits to lend. Then you yeah. make a margin in between. That hasn't changed. The channels, the way you do banking, the way you handle the customer, completely these have changed. And, and since we are sitting with the public money, the RBI's primary concern is cyber security and security. Whether it is cyber, non-cyber, security, public funds, bank, I mean, all this thing, RBA comes in heavily on it, not just today, not yesterday, even before that. Now, because these digital channels are new channels, so RBA is gearing up to that and say, no, sorry, we have to have you done this A, B, C, D, E to foolproof that the customer's money is safe in the bank and in transit also. So RBA, so first thing that we do is look at those compliance lists and ensure that we tick all the marks. I mean, there is no bank in India, which is... 100% compliant all the time, but we try to be as close as possible to 100% all the time. Yeah. It's, it's going to be difficult and it's an ongoing process. As we speak, that's going to be an RBI audit in a week's time or 10 days time. Then we have to address all the queries that they say and RBI also... Uh, as long as there is a checker out there, there's, you know, there is somebody watching, careful with it. And that's uh, a similar thing that happens in a uh, uh, classroom where the teacher is walking, watching you. Know, otherwise, you'll be twiddling your thumb and watching out of the window. So you may not give so much of uh, attention. Here, you're very careful that, yes, 
the licenses with the regulator. He's going to haul me up if I don't. So we are very careful with every step and we are compliant with everything. So that's, there is no room for not being non-compliant. Yeah, so so why do you, it's interesting, right? Because regulatory compliance, regulatory guidelines is really more like a journey with milestones. It's not necessarily a destination, right? It is not uh, a destination. It's not it an end point. It's a continuous evolution of things. So listen, I want to change the focus a little bit and talk specifically around some technology bits. So uh, I'm, I'm smiling because uh, I'm about to ask you a question that I've, is always an interesting topic because uh, I'm very pro-cloud. But, you know, three or four years ago, um, I think, and, and I, can't, I can't include you in this, but I'll make a statement here. Many of us thought the cloud would be the answer to a lot of technology issues banks face today with on-premise Im implementations. But I think the reality of what uh, can be delivered via the cloud, the cost model that goes with that, just look at it again, holistically is a, a good term, right? Uh, the reality of what it means to work on the cloud today is not necessarily what we thought it might've been three or four years ago. So kind of what are your views around cloud enablement and uh, where do you, you know, believe that that will help the bank? And are you guys looking at uh, cloud as an active part of your IT strategy? Cloud is now a necessity, not an option. And cloud, many banks have gone through that route and there are these regulations around uh, the cloud by the central bank where it says some of your critical data can't reside outside the geographical boundary of say India, for example, our country. Mm -hmm. So, but critical data, again, it needs to be what is critical and the customer information, which is the customer information, which is critical. So for a small bank like us, cloud makes much more sense because for me, I don't have to spend uh, everything on keeping it on-prem. In, in fact, very interesting was uh, the uh, last year's uh, IT audit by my uh, by Reserve Bank of India uh, uh, on us. And then they came up with a lot of shortcomings in the uh, erstwhile bank that we acquired uh, that. And so we had to take a hard decision, even though we had all our uh, new applications on cloud, but my core banking system was uh, on-premise. And then, you know, we decided, you know, instead of, you know, uh, cleaning up the uh, dinosaurs uh, background and then making it run fast, I said, we do away with our DC, DR, and we put everything on a managed services model. This cloud is, is I think we are going back to almost 30, 40 years, it's come a full circle. Cloud is something that is actually not sitting on cloud. It is on a server somewhere in the globe or in the country, which we don't know where it exactly it is. Whereas this service was provided by some provider like EDS or somebody in US where the data center services was provided by a specialized organization and you were given a mainframe dump terminal at your site. So it's exactly the same, except that the nomenclature has changed that you're calling a cloud a cloud because you don't see it's in thin air somewhere there. You, you don't know where my data is. You, that's the reason you say you're on cloud. So cloud is a necessity. I mean, I don't want to invest everything and maintain it myself. It's not just investment, then maintaining it, also getting the uh, getting and retaining uh, you know tech skills. You know, right. the tech resources in India is like uh, catching fish with oily hands. You know, by the time you catch them, they slip again, and it, it's a <laughs> ongoing activity. So that's a new expression for me. <laughs> yeah. So the, the the problem is you know for critical activity, whatever which RBI says you have to, then I will look at it keeping in it. For example, we, we uh, took a conscious decision to do away with our DCDR. We changed our CBS and uh, we replaced the, the erstwhile CBS uh, old school architecture to a microservices architecture in flat 88 days. From start mm -hmm. to finish, 
we have implemented and replaced the core banking in 88 days flat. It is on hmm. a managed services model. But where, so it is on-prem, but not with me. It is managed by an external agency. Right. But whereas my all other applications are on cloud, the question comes then, it will be on a cloud or multi-cloud strategy. And how do you do a cost optimization? Am I getting the best value of all that is that I'm putting on cloud? Am I using it optimally? Hmm. So that's something which is on top of my mind because building a bank, the next question or the next work, that serious work that I'm going to start on looking at optimizing my cloud strategy and ensuring that every penny that I pay on the cloud is utilized fully. So I have to do that. That that's uh, uh, yeah. And cloud is necessity. It is not an option anymore. So this is where uh, I think when you're talking to software vendors like a Tagit, mm -hmm. being sure that there's a distinction between cloud-friendly and cloud-native becomes quite important mm -hmm. because it's only when software vendors like a Tagit can can truly be cloud-native that, that that's the only time you can start taking advantage of, of some of the cloud uh, capabilities that would be uh, part and parcel. Yeah, so, 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 okay, I want to sort of end the session with the... The, the the YD crystal ball, right? So I want to ask a little bit about uh, technology and I'm curious to see what you have to say about a few of the emerging uh, technologies. So uh, two part question for you. So the first is, if you sort of look over the next 12 or 18 months and you mentioned microservices uh, as part of your uh, response a few minutes ago, over the next 12 or 18 months, are there any particular uh, technology trends or capabilities that you think are going to influence the banks and then as an extension to that, uh, are you starting to formulate some thoughts as a CIO around things like the metaverse and generative AI and, uh, you know, the chat GPTs of the world and, and how banks might adopt some of that technology? So a bit of a two-part question uh, around your crystal ball view. So like I said, you know, technology, the only constant is, is change. And uh, from that perspective, then, you know, yes, AI, ML, metaverse, and blockchain, all these things, we're keeping an eye on it. But my primary objective today for my bank, per se, if I would say to get my basic technology and the offerings, everything right and smooth. So my customer offerings, it's uninterrupted, smooth. But going forward, as I see, we are keeping a close eye on all these things, the wearables, the AI, the ML, you know, automated uh, processes for uh, uh, areas where it can be completely automated and you don't need a human intervention without compromising on the quality of the service. You know, like I said, my experience of, you know, talking to a machine rather than an individual, I'm always happy talking to an individual than a machine. I mean, uh, I mean, the, the smile at the right time and the, you know, uh, hi or the okay, thank you and the nod of head, it makes a huge difference. Uh, uh, a voice or an automated thing will not, it has not reached that stage as, as we speak, maybe it will reach in the future. But uh, uh, technology change, I see this, I mean, there may be a time, maybe 10 years down the line, you may not see a physical currency, but we're still far, I mean, in India, say, for example, the UPI payment was a collateral benefit out of the uh, demonetization because we had a 2000 rupee physical uh, currency and the physical currency I could pay, but I couldn't, the guy who uh, gave me the goods couldn't give me the change. So now UPI is there everywhere. Even a roadside vendor, small time vendor, he says, you pay me by UPI, no problems. So this is an outcome of a need or a problem. And some of these things which are, uh, and the adoption rate of newer technologies in the current era is much faster, very, very fast from the time it is um, invented or discovered to the time it reaches the actual user and he starts using it, it literally shrunk to say months now, not years. So from so, and adoption rate will keep reducing. I mean, it will, it will, and we were, we're keeping a new eye on it. And I see 
you know, banks which are stabilized, which are at the higher maturity level than our organization, then they'll look at, you know, bringing in newer, newer technologies, AI, ML, and all those platforms in and say, use a metaverse into it. But as mm -hmm. we speak today in my bank, I have to get my basics right, and then I will move into that. So, you know, uh, some of our listeners will have probably recall that, uh, you know, I'm a bit of an older guy and, you know, my first computer was a, a DOS-based machine uh, with two floppy drives in it, right? Uh, and and one of the things that I talk about is, you know, when the Iron Man series, movie series came out with Jarvis, the delta between where that was then and where we are today as a technology uh, is much shorter, right? And so I always use the Jarvis uh, example because everybody can relate, most people can relate to the Iron Man series and Jarvis. And that level of sophistication around technology and how technology can engage with customers is really where all of this will, will come. Uh, whether it takes the form factor of your phone or form factor of voice or uh, whatever that looks like. So it, you're, you're exactly right that the adoption rate at which banks will adopt these technologies is much shorter today than it was even three or four or five years ago. Yeah, exactly. See, there, there are, uh, it, it is exactly the way our lives are even governed by technology. You know, uh, it is the need and then there is the peer, peer pressure. I mean, if somebody else is giving and I'm not giving which the customer thinks as basic requirement, then I don't have a choice but to implement it immediately. Um, Even though right. in my scheme of things or my strategy, I may think it is a bit far off. I, I, mean, I would like to do it a year uh, away or after one year. But today, if I see I'm going to lose out because of that technology not being there with me or I'm not giving that technology to my customer, then I have to put priority on that and then start uh, working on it and give it to the customer ASAP. So yeah. it, it's a, a strategy based on the customer demand, the need, and also the peer pressure, what is happening in the marketplace. So when peer you, pressure comes from other industries, not just other banks. No, no, it is not just banks. It is all industries, yeah. not just the fintechs. It could be a, 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 a something that a, a customer sees in his car. He says, I would like to have it in my uh, banking mobile app. So yeah. I mean, it could be anybody. I mean, like I said, you know, it, it's ideas are like rabbits. You, I mean, it, it's any, everything starts with somebody daydream. And then yeah. you say, I want <laughs> But at some point you have to execute. So, so Wadi, it's been great meeting you uh, and great doing the podcast with you today. Uh, uh, and I actually uh, look forward to kind of following what you guys are doing. Uh, I, I think your approach to technology is, uh, is pretty sound on. So I appreciate the opportunity uh, to meet you today and the time for today. Yeah, it's been wonderful talking to you and sharing my thoughts. Hope it's something is beneficial. Like I said, we are still trying to reach the stage where the other banks are. But one of the things is we might start doing technology. Some of the technology with the banks are trying to do, we may do it early. And we may do something later also, depending on the need and the uh, uh, demand from the customer. So, but it's yeah. going to be interesting. And every uh, time we go to a new forum, you meet uh, people from cross industry, you come across something new and either it may be a work in progress, I think an absolutely new idea, then that sets the whole ball rolling. And yep. uh, wonderful talking to you. I then look forward to uh, having more sessions where we can exchange ideas and maybe uh, get benefited myself as well as somebody else gets benefited by our, our discussion. All right. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank thanks you very much. much. Have a nice day.